Hello, everybody. Welcome to the UK Packers podcast. As usual, I'm your host at Steedy the NFL on Twitter, and of course, follow the group at UK Packers. And as usual, joined from 0.7 miles to be exact of Lambo, <laughs> Ron J. Peacock yeah. at Ron Peacock NFL. What's going on, buddy? I am right here. Um, I haven't as yet confirmed my exact mileage from uh, Lambo Field, but uh, if, if, if people will bear with me, I'll stick with it. You have to be exact. Well, if that's the case, if you were that close to Lambo, your knowledge by osmosis is far greater than anybody's. Um, yeah, I think we're going to be making these references throughout the podcast. Oh, mm-hmm. what a week it's been for one person on Twitter. He's just getting destroyed. Yes. It's what it's one of those things, isn't it, Rhino? That it's like when someone leaves a comment that's just dumb and they they hit the media as like an actual famous person, and then every mm-hmm. tweet that they ever send again for the rest of their lives, there's always one smart arse who puts under the yeah, well, blah, blah, blah. and this is what's happening to this person. Um, yeah. sh- should we give people context as to what's going on? If they I was going to say, there's, there's a lot of people already listening going, I have no idea who they're talking about. But essentially, a guy 0.7 miles away, to be exact, yeah. um, essentially said that all these people elsewhere around the world trying to cover the Packers are not worth, well, a penny. Well, um, hold on. Like, let me... Let me essentially. Tr- let, I'm, I'm let kind me... of paraphrasing. <laughs> But essentially, that's what yeah. he's trying to make out, right? You're putting words. You're putting words in his timeline. Uh, look, I read it, and um, you see, you you bid on it, and then I looked at it, and I'm finding it very amusing. Now, I would be usually be the one to bite on it because I'm, you know, I just fly off the cuff a bit. But and you're very calm and collected. And I think this is why you're you're like you are the Julius Peppers of the UK Parkers locker room. You're calm, collected. Just be, you know. Um, mm. I don't know. I don't know what that makes me. Um, but <laughs> not, I don't even want to imagine. But if you, um, so basically his tweet said that he doesn't believe, he, do, he doesn't understand how, I don't know, we should really get the actual tweet and read it out. But basically that he lives. It's very boring if you get factually correct. Yeah, let's not get factually correct. But basically the, the way I read it was is that he, he lives really close to Lambo and 0.7 miles to be exact. And he says he finds it basically funny that people look at other people who live in and named um, California. New York and somewhere else uh, for their coverage in kind of instead of him and he went okay then lol and then smiley faces right uh, are you a bit disappointed of that the UK and Ireland were not specifically mentioned I don't know because that was the thing he could have thrown us in there <laughs> because you know the podcast does it, from the number do you know what the podcast numbers are ridiculous this year we've already surpassed um, all of our other uh, listenerships in the prior two years in this year alone and that's before the season's even started by the way right uh, that that's a hot take um so you know we're pretty prevalent out there in in doing our coverage of stuff and i'm glad that he didn't knock heads directly with us and he hasn't blocked us yet this guy who's gone around blocking everybody else but to give people some context california and um, that's why uh, zach jacobson zachary Jap- jacobson lives we had him on the podcast great coverage and nearly daily content on cheesehead tv and then mm-hmm. aaron nagler lives in new york ryan do you, did you see that and again like i don't want to deep dive into this too much i guess and try like assassinate the guy or anything of that sort but he did get an awful lot of heat do you think he was actually deliberately knocking heads with with those lads because you know zach bid on it and went back at him with some really no bs tweets that made an awful lot of sense to me anyway yeah, I didn't really understand it because, I mean, you can take it as well from just, uh, let, let's say, just being a fan, not even covering the team. But obviously, when I started watching the Packers now, whenever that was, mm. like the only thing I could ever get, I couldn't get any coverage. I couldn't watch any games, really. 
and so you, you sort of used to log onto the website a few times a week and see what was going on. Um, and the guys that have been on doing the fan of the week before that go even further back than that, that are saying, you know, forces radio or the small segment in the back of a newspaper yeah, um, or the magazine that was out at the time that used to cover it, but you'd sort of get your news three or four weeks late. Mm. You know, the thing is now, the wonderful thing about the internet is now is that everybody's on top of everything and all the time. Um, so, you know, if you can be a fan living in Australia, uh, Japan, you know, the, the four corners of the world, then why can't you cover the team? At the end of the day, the covering the team bit is about the dedication you put into it. Um, and I think it's strange that he he does seem to indirectly uh, go after some of the people that we're most reliant on for our information as fans, as, as well as what we do with the UK backers. Yeah, and it's just it's a bogus notion. It's, it is absolutely boneheaded to think that proximity to a stadium uh, would give you uh you know superior knowledge but that look that is a common phenomenon i'm not going to knock the well of course i'm going to knock the guy for it but that that's a common phenomenon i think i think that someone who lives in manchester is a manchester united fan or manchester city fan if they get an american manchester united fan in manchester is it no that's not here and then yeah someone put up the tweets to (laughs) yeah here they come um so but you know I, i don't know and it's like me I don't know, living in Ireland, like, I don't know how people here know, I'm not that massive GAA head, right? But I don't know how people would feel, right? If a a guy in America decided to follow the Dublin hurling team and decided to, you know, really dive into the stats of it all and to follow every game and to write feverishly about stuff, there'd probably be a massive level of snobbery there, I would imagine. Um, Mm -hmm. and And there is a kind of hierarchy, right, where you have people who within Green Bay who might look at other people outside Green Bay and go, like, why do you support a team? That's crazy. Then people in America outside of Green Bay would look at people like us and go, that's nuts. Now, I've only really experienced, and I think we can sort of say this um, with great strength, is that everyone's been really lovely to us. But you do the odd time get a comment from someone ignorant who says, like, what was up, one of them? Uh, on our Instagram oh what he's doing following the team from Ireland and England go get pissed he's drunkards or something you know something like that and they're like alright cool yeah. go go support <laughs> you soccer know you know I mean I don't, don't want to sort of lo- uh, hang around on this one too much but I remember a particular favourite conversation I had with a guy in Green Bay and actually he wasn't a Green Bay fan he was a fan of I think it was the Chargers the first time I went Right. and he said uh, where are you from so I was near London he says uh, then why do you follow the Packers so I sort of started staying and he says no 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 why why do you follow american sports so all i asked him was do you follow the epl as they love to call it mm. and uh, he says yeah i'm a liverpool fan yeah. i'm thinking please come on but it's exactly the same thing but this is the same and this it's it's always hilarious to hear the and again you've kind of you've you've stepped in the dog poo of this whole deal here right slagging off man united fans for not being in manchester and then yet we're on the green bay packers podcast <laughs> No. You know what I mean? It's it's a knocking point for United fans. To be fair, I have never in my life lived in East London. Yeah, and so I'm a West Ham fan. West Ham fan, yeah. Which again, you stayed exceptional again this yeah. week. So it's exactly the same. Yeah, brilliant. But, uh, let's do a soccer podcast. Yeah, let's do it between a man, an Irish Man United fan, and a Leighton Buzzard West Ham fan. It would be yeah. fantastic. Although I'm not big into United. Anyway. Um, yeah, how was your week anyway, buddy? Uh, aside from all of these things, and I know um, we... So, uh, right, let's touch back on the house, because as you know, I'm doing the house thing, right? And people are sending us funny pictures of houses falling down last week. So I'm just going to touch on something. Go on. Don't bother doing coving. So if you're de- decorating your house, you think, oh, yeah, fancy a bit of coving around the uh, ceiling to wall line. Don't bother. 
Well, is it not easy to just throw up, slap a bit of sticky stuff and shove it into a oh, corner yeah, of a yeah. thing? Sure, yeah. sure, sure it is if your room has 90 degree corners <laughs> oh, and yeah, just the fair. four. I think in my <laughs> in my front room alone, there's something like nine corners, all at funny sh- angles and shapes. And then I say to the guy at work, who I said, uh, "Come on, help me out here. How the hell do I?" Oh well, you need to dissect the angle. What you need to do is this, this, this. I'm like, I'm already lost. And had you already so, yeah. started slapping up the the easy part? Oh yeah. So oh, I've got like half it up. So I now need to finish it. So Stand I got a great tip off a of a guy, and he, he sounds like on a similar level to me. He said, "Just whack it up there. Don't worry about the angles. You can always fill it in with coke." So there you go. There's my top tip. Either don't bother coving or just fill the gaps with coke. Or just cove with coke. Maybe just do that instead, you know, and just sort yeah, of scrape a funny design on it. Um, yeah. Yeah, i tell you what, you know what happened to me, right? And again, I know you're going to appreciate this because you're a bit of a golfer man yourself. I, I got stuck in, in the... <laughs> That's the biggest overstatement I've ever heard. You're a bit of a golf man. A bit of a golf man. Well, I used no. to see you go out every Saturday and stuff, and then I'd be like texting you stuff, and you'd be like, oh, Stephen, about golf, and I'd be like, oh, he yeah, must sorry, be playing fairly well. I'm out on the course with the lads. In the course with the boys, you know, on they the 19th hole. The bush. Already lost 18 balls. Well, speaking of, right, I'm speaking of. Yeah. yeah, you see, I saw some slow-mo stuff of you, and I'm sort of thinking, yeah, you need to work on your game. But this is the thing, right, is that I was... I'm only messed. Um, but yeah, you do need to work on your game. But I, but my problem was, right, is that I would live down the road from a golf course. I joined it when I was a kid. I was okay. And then went off, did my thing, and then came back again. And just before having the first child, or just before Joan had the first child, because I certainly didn't have it, I'm not that uh, miraculous... Um, I then I joined the golf course again, right? Went out and I was getting really well. I played with kind of clunker clubs because you know I'm not really a man to go out and well, yeah, prime time. But you know I sort of I'm like right, I'm not gonna go full on, you know, balls to the wall and buy all the gear. So I got pretty handy-ish, as handy-ish as you can of golf by not drilling the ball into a bush on every shot, and it was all right. So I went out and started to add to my golf bag, spent a couple of hundred quid, if maybe more, and um. I was, I was all right. You know what I mean? I was coming and dropping the ball on greens and I was tapping them in. I got a 60 degree wedge and a 56 degree wedge. I was this buying clubs. already got way too technical for me right. to carry on. But that's, that's the thing, right? With certain degrees of bounce. I mean, I was all into <laughs> it, right? And I was actually, I was able to use them okay, right? I'm not going to go and inflate my ego here, but I, I was, I was decent enough that you wouldn't look at my golf bag and go, this guy's a tosser, right? Well, you might still do that. But then what happened was... <laughs> not because of the golf bag. But, but yeah, because of the golf bag, you know, and the club's <laughs> in it and you're like, all right, you know, one of these guys who wears like... And I, I did buy red golf pants, but I'm going to move past that, right? So, you know, fast forward three years um, because I hadn't played in three years. So now I'm at the position where I, one of my mates said, do you want to play golf? And I'm like, yeah, cool, right? Booked it a couple of weeks in advance. Went out, was meant to go to kind of a glorified pitch and putt. And then there was a ladies competition on. So we had to go to like a nine hole golf course. So I wasn't planning on getting the driver out. And <laughs> Jesus, what, what I was left with was, is I was like a sandwich between people going out golfing. So like there was witnesses, let's say. And we nearly scolded. We nearly killed a six-year-old child playing with his dad as well because we didn't think we'd get the ball that far in the first tee. But anyway, but now I was mm-hmm. in the position where I'm right, where I had a golf bag full of really cool, nice, sexy, uh, I look how good at golf I am golf clubs. And I was the worst person. I was worse than the eight-year-old child. And he was literally on his first day out of the golf course. So that's where I'm at. That's that's pretty poor because, I mean, you, you spent some money, I reckon, becoming like golf clubs aren't cheap to become oh. members of right i know you've already been beaten out of the golf club by an eight-year-old kid yeah but maybe huh. that's because we tried to kill him with uh, our first shot but anyway anyway we move on if this is not the golf podcast but um yeah it's upsetting so if anybody wants to buy a bag of callaway golf clubs 
on her boy. But we did a um, we did a giveaway to, uh, for a t-shirt, and we we rolled the drum and, and pulled the name out of a hat uh, before the podcast. We're going to give that out at the end of the podcast. But we did our quick snaps video of the Steelers preview, Rhino, and I got a bit of heat. We did. I got a bit of heat for this, right? And no one Rightly seems so. to agree. Ah, I don't know. So. We, we'll hash it out. We'll hash it out. But before we get there, and we will be talking about this dude that I got a bit heat over during this preview. Um, so uh, first off, will you explain to people what these quick snaps are? And then will you give us your take on this Steelers game? The positives, negatives, and kind of what we did in quick snaps. But let's call it long snaps. Be my long snapper. Okay. So basically, we came up with a bit of an idea that quick snaps would be a way for us to get our quick, quick uh, sort of reaction to things that may happen so obviously we had a quick reaction to the game the other night um put out a few thoughts there basically we want you guys to interact with those thoughts yeah so we're not necessarily going to be uh right all the time as a steve obviously wasn't and um (laughs) then basically what we're looking for is for you to get involved with that and then we will probably try and discuss a little bit of what you came back to us on on the next podcast so it's a way of just quickly getting something out there without sitting down and going through the whole podcast so it's something to watch uh whilst you're waiting for the bus, the train, whatever, on your tea break at work. So, um, you know, if, if we sign Khalil Mack this week, then there'll be a quick snap come out. So that's what we're going to do. And, yeah, you're right. I mean, we, we touched on uh, Jake uh, Kumaro. And, um, yeah, quite rightly, I think you got a little bit of heat. Oh, well, we go, do we go into the Kumaro talk straight away? <laughs> do, we, do, we, do we air well, it we out? might as well. I mean, right, look, cool. it's come up now. So, look, Kumaro is currently... I'm looking at the uh, depth chart you see on the website. Cool. And uh, I don't know if you just want to take this from, not from Kumara, but maybe just generally look at receivers right now. Should we do that? Yeah. It has not taken us long to go off script. This is great. So generally, uh, on if you look at the depth chart at the moment, and, and I appreciate it's, it's too early to really worry about it, but essentially what you've got on one side is Randall Cobb backed up by Trevor Davis. On the other side, you've got Devontae Adams backed up by Geronimo Allison. And then you've got all the other names after that. So in those first four names, I think it's pretty safe that Cobb, Adams, Allison makes it. Yep. I think uh, we've already touched on the fact that, for me, Trevor Davis got a lot of work to make the team. But there's a whole load of guys behind that. So there's guys drafted this year. One of the guys drafted last year. Um, this uh, undrafted guy, Jake Kumaro, plus another couple of undrafted guys, right? And there's a whole bunch of people going for this spot. And I suppose the first thing you've got to try and work out is how many receivers they realistically hold. Yeah. And then whether there'll be any bias towards keeping the guys that were drafted over the guys that weren't, um, or whether they just simply go, do you know what? Those are the best guys on the field at this moment. That's who we're going with. Mm. I mean, what would you do? Well, look, and this is what I was saying on the video, right? Um, So Jake, let me state my case first, like my position personally, is that, yeah, I think Jake Kumaro should make the roster. It makes an awful lot of sense. He's been lighting it up in practice and lighting it up during the game. Um, I don't think it's fair to look into his past and say, oh, well, he had a chance and he got bounced around from team to team um, because, you know, there was injuries in there and that's why he got dropped before. Um, and then if you look back at his past in Whitewater, you know, there's, there's so many stories from different teammates to say that this isn't the once-off. This isn't him just you know having a good camp and then just lighting it up in the game and that this is you know he's he's going above his potential because we've seen players famous players even in the nfl you know reach far and above their potential uh arguably the likes of matt ryan you know that sometimes they can be in certain positions where matt ryan you know 
MVP season, just ridiculous. And then he kind of comes back down to level again. And I think that with Jay Kumaro, he's shown that from the very start, he's been excellent. He's been a threat. But then we have to also bear in mind that he didn't come from a big school. Um, and the opposition that he was going up against was like for like. And then if you look at these preseason games, it's something similar. But that's not a knock on the guy. And I just think that needs to be stated. Now, I want Jay Kumaro to, to make the team. But my point is, and it is only this, right? So we have the three wide receivers. There's going to be six or seven wide receivers that are going to make the roster, depending on what other experts you look at. They have them between six and seven. And before this preseason game, no one had Jay Kumaro making the roster bar, maybe one uh, guy. But this is the point, is that, and Nagler says it, and Ryan Wood say it when they had that joint podcast, Devontae Adams, Randall Cobb, and Geronimo Allison. If you don't think Geronimo Allison is wide receiver number three, uh, well then you know you're smoking something now the the debate then comes down to do they look at a player who's hot now or do they look at players that they have drafted and that they expect to do well in the future so that's jamon sure. moore equinemius st brown um, marcus mm-hmm. valdez scantling now we've heard that they're having nightmares even today as we record the podcast there's like stories of the one of the rookies slipping and you know there being an interception and all this type of stuff now the thing is that's what that's the only question for me is that did they look at jay kumaro now and see what he's doing or did they look at these rookies there's going to be a gulf between the two anyway because kumaro uh, has bounced around from different nfl teams he's you know raised the bar with that competition he's had a couple more years he's at a different place in life he's more mature mm-hmm. anyway as a person and again i promise yeah. I'll, I'll give this maybe another minute and then i'll, I'll let you on the mic um and that, that's the thing is that you know the gulf between these are going to seem even bigger and it's going to seem like a bigger win for him and a bigger loss for everybody else because he was undrafted and these guys were drafted and you know they have everything ahead of them this guy's like sort of you know i don't know whether they want to play the, the narrative of sort of it's his last chance kind of thing. Um, even though based on the workload that he's done this time, because look, it's even telling, right? Aaron Rodgers trusts him. And that's, that's really the main thing that you'd look for. The problem is, is that Aaron Rodgers also said that he's not involved in personnel decisions. He can only state his case and what he thinks, but they let Jordy go. They could easily let Jay Kumaro go. It's not that big a deal for them. I don't think they could look at the young mm-hmm. guys. And then my last point, Ryan is, is that if, if you look at the, the receiving targets that we have on the team, I mean, it goes beyond wide receiver. You know, we have uh, Jimmy yeah, Graham, sure. Jamal Williams, Aaron Jones when he comes back, Ty Montgomery, who's still, you know, that kind mm-hmm. of hybrid. And that, and again, that experiment looks like it could potentially come to an end also in the sense that they have, you know, two legit running backs that so they really need to keep this hybrid uh, player style around to try, you know, move them back more so to a wide receiver. Jimmy Graham, Mercedes yeah. Lewis, Lance Kendricks. I mean, they have so many people that can catch a pass. Do they need Jay Kumaro to be doing it? Do they need him to be... Do they need to go, oh, well, we need someone reliable back there because they're going to have Adams, Cobb, Allison. Trevor Davis, I think, is the one that you said he has to do a lot to make the team. But then you have Ron Zuck coming out and saying that, oh, he's, you know, to see someone with that sort of ability and that skill set's very hard to come across. Mm-hmm. And they've invested time yeah. in him, the same as they did with yeah. Brett Hundley. That's my point. So that's why I think Jay Kumaro, sure. as much as he deserves a spot, it sometimes life just doesn't work out that way. And I, I don't know. Okay. Well, we'll see if you get forgiven. Um, but let, let me just touch on Trevor Davis because I'm not trying to be, and I don't dislike the guy. I, you know, he has got bags and bags of potential. My thing is, is how long do we wait for it to, to sort of present itself? Yeah. You know, and I feel like other guys are coming in that can do, you know, they're quick too, mm. you know? Um, and, and so that's why I feel like he's slightly on the edge. You, you mentioned another guy as well when, when you said there about the wider receiving unit in terms of including the tight ends and, uh, 
One I want to touch on is Mercedes Lewis. Yeah. Now, I was lucky enough to see him at a Wembley game uh, when he when he absolutely broke out for the Jaguars. Uh, I think that was last year, and he scored multiple touchdowns in a game. And ever since we've really signed him, people have said, you know, he's going to be a great blocker. He's this, he's that, he's block and block, and he'll, he'll compliment Jimmy Graham, and he's a blocker and block. And you think, the more and more you see of him, you think, well, his hands are pretty good too. Yeah. And, you know, if he can put that all together, there's a, there's certainly... I think tight end's pretty set at three tight end. I think probably Hendricks Lewis. You know, there are other good guys down there. Robert Tonyan, I think, is a, sort of yeah, it's a name well. that's shown up in some of the games. Yeah. Um, but I think they're going to be the three, and I suppose they're, for me, they're all going to see uh, playing time in different sort of scenarios and so on. But, yeah, you're right. There's a lot of hands on this team. Um, and it's certainly going to be interesting. I mean, one name we haven't mentioned yet, D'Angelo Yancey, drafted last year. You know, he's a guy that's probably... Sort of on the cusp, you know, on the edge of the squad in in that sense, or on the edge of making the um the final cuts, and and he's a guy that's going to have to come in and prove himself and start doing something because, you know, how much time they're going to give him. So, at the moment now, I mean, yeah, okay, we know the first three guys. Realistically, you can probably include Trevor Davis in there somewhere. Um, but then the three receives maybe trying to take three receivers out there. And I think that's where you're quite right in what you're saying in terms of Kumaro, when you put it down to that. And that's even if they keep seven. There's no guarantees they keep seven because you've got a number of running backs, mm. you know, potentially three, four running backs that could all make the team. So we don't necessarily keep seven. If they only keep six, then you've got to get two names out of that. And, and that's where I think you're, you're quite right in what you're saying. You know, Kumaro probably does deserve a shot. It'd be a great story. It'd be good for him. Um, could probably make a squad on another team, which is why I think the practice practice squad thing doesn't really work out for him, yeah. the, the Packers anyway. Mm. Um, but I think you probably, you know, you are right in what you're saying. The, the, the chances of him making that team are going to be hard. Yeah, and it's a shame. And this the thing is that when I said it on the video, that the problem with quick snaps is, and it's, you know, you literally get it second. Oh, well, here's this deal. And then everyone's like, oh, I can't believe it. That's ridiculous. And the thing is, he has this sort of uh, hometown hero. Uh, he's from Green Bay. Um or play for Whitewater or whatever, um, you know, and then they talk about, and I mentioned it on the podcast, I think the, the podcast just before um, you came back that, you know, he has this caliber, yet his dad was seen as one of the biggest busts, you know, like a first rounder, and his cousin is Joey Bosa, but all of his family are kind of defensively minded. Um, but yeah, like he seems like a nice guy, he seems like his head screwed on, but the real question is, do the Packers need a receiving target to play now? And if they don't, they might look at the potential they have in MVS, or ESB or Jamon Moore and mm -hmm. say that we're going to keep those lads around. Yeah. You sort of, and then you'd sort of wonder if they let any of these lads go, they're going to be picked up. The real disadvantage that Jay Kumaro has uh, for his Packers career would be the the indictment that he's been getting from fans, uh, from the media. He even hit NFL Network, and I think the lads on that morning show, which is the most cringeworthy show you can ever watch. Dear Jesus, we have to do a skit about that sometimes. It's literally just, okay, I've got to take my pants off, you know, and then they just run around just trying to get the camera to follow them. Um, is that, you know, with this nationwide attention, is that it now means that they either keep him or lose him. And that's it. As you said, I don't think he's going to hit the practice squad. So, you know, Aaron Rodgers has come out and said that he trusts him. And, you know, affectionately calls him 16 instead of using his name. You know, he's, he's kind of one of the numbers, one of the lads. So I think, yeah, I think that because of that now, um, it's 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 do or die for Kumaro with the Packers. If he's on the roster, happy days. If he's not, he's gone. And that shoulder injury, which people were sort of... Uh, 
saying was bad. And again, just to clarify that, he rolled into the end zone because he was knackered, not because he was trying to do like a sexy yeah, celebration yeah. or whatever. So I don't think yeah. you can criticize him. For look, that. Look, look, that, that shoulder thing, that's just part to make the story greater when we get on a America's game or, America, or whatever <laughs> it is at the end of the year when we win the Super Bowl. You know, that's yeah. just so he's got something to talk about, you know, yeah. unfancied, undrafted, injured, yeah. Super Bowl touchdown. That's and it. then the music starts. Three, three Super Bowl touchdowns. The yeah. first receiver ever to score 7,000 yards at the Super Bowl. Yeah. Unbelievable. Oh, no. But what, what, other, <laughs> uh, what other encouraging stuff then that you get out of this Steelers game? Because I think that we're, you know, we fixated there on Jay Kumaro, which is very easy to do. But, I mean, there's an awful lot of exciting stuff that's going on. Um, and some encouraging stuff that we did see, especially with your boy, uh, Reggie Gilbert, for uh, against yeah. the Steelers, which was, you know, very promising. Yeah, well, I know you mentioned Reg- Reggie Gilbert, and I think now he's becoming uh, the UK and Irish Packers player, uh, isn't he? Uh, I oh, think yeah. you're, you're starting to you're starting to like this guy too. So, um, yeah, I mean, he he's good. He's going to need to be as well because we need somebody there. Uh, you know, when the, there's a lot of people around the NFL, when you look at the different people on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and they're saying, you know, why do you need Khalil Mack when you got mm. Reggie Gilbert? Yeah. Now, whether that's a little tongue in cheek or, or whether they mean it, but I think I think actually. The stats so far show that Reggie Gilbert can be a player. Now, we must remember it's preseason, you know, and, and I still always think that game one of the the real season is is the, you know, the genuine test for these players. Mm. Um, but yeah, he's doing certainly doing nothing to hurt that, is he right now? Um, some of the other guys that I said needed to have big games. I know we've mentioned I think Kyler Fackrell uh, in recent weeks. We've mentioned Vinsky uh, Beagle. You know, some of those good. guys, yeah, Beagle no, they're just getting slapped around a lot, isn't he? Yeah, they're not they're not really showing up at the minute, and so we need to see something from them. And uh, obviously, we're gonna. It's it's not even that, you know. It's it's not even about somebody taking their job at this point. It's like no, we need somebody to start stepping up into these positions. We need depth. If you if you remember back over the off season when uh, Clay Matthews said his piece about depth in that linebacking core, and he sort of, you know, he mentioned some names and left out others, and I was thinking. You know, I'm not sure that's the way I'd have liked one of my leaders to sort of address that situation. But in actual fact, you see in now in real life what he sort of was saying and, and the point he was making that actually we got a lot of guys back there playing that position. We need somebody to start playing it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and it's good um, that you have a teammate hand. You know, making sure people are accountable, right, as well. And it's good to see someone sure. come out that early. Um, but yeah, there's, there's some concern and stuff again on defense, you know, and someone sort of referred to it as Dom Capers defense again um, yeah. at times, which I, yeah, it's, it's the same fundamentals. But I guess this is why we have preseason. But ha ha Clinton Dix, um, he got he got spanked on a couple of plays. Kentrell Bryce, who we saw fold a guy in half, who still we'd like to report in half. Um, you know, he was pretty poor. He gave up some big chunk plays. The run stuffing was should I use an Aaron Rodgerism piss poor because we saw the guy Connor uh, second name not first for the Steelers um, he picked up a ridiculous amount of yards on one of them I think it was a what he went 26 yards and a touchdown um, 24 yards before that um, eight yards before that he was just getting chunk 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 and it was so he did so well in fact it's like did you ever you know when you play fifa against one of your mates and the replay comes on of him scoring a ridiculous goal or a really soft one and he lets the replay keep playing and you just want to yeah. knock him over the head with something heavy i mean they kept doing that the, the the camera focused on the connor guy just getting his ass slapped for about five minutes and everyone coming up and hugging him and kissing him and proposing to him and everything else and i was kind of like oh my god let it go and so you know even the viewers got spanked on that one but i'm thinking you know there's some 
there's some nice stuff like you mentioned Tremont Williams which I know you're probably going to want to bring up again um, so there was some nice intelligent play like that but then when it came to some of the run stuff and all that it just seemed like it was a sloppy game now as much as you can call you know a 51-34 win of dropping that 50 burger a sloppy game but defensively um, there still needs to be stuff that's ironed out which again look it's preseason let's not overreact but those individual yeah. players really Ryan is what I'm kind of talking about that they shouldn't be giving up those plays now maybe they're experienced and they're not their heart's not in it to a degree and they're like it's preseason I'm not going to go you know balls to the wall because I don't want to get injured and that's fair enough Um, so I guess we're just going to have to wait till the regular season for some players like that to really see if they're going to bring the boom yeah sure I, I mean I get it I'm trying to weigh up especially for like the first the first team guys it's hard to know how much they put into this because maybe they do feel like they've already made it i don't know yeah but it's the guys on that second level people that we saw get a lot of reps last year because of injuries so i don't know just trying to think off the top of my head here the Lindsay pipkins the hawkins um you know goodson people like this people build it in that backfield um i think uh evans is another one that's back there mm. and you know we need those guys if if they want to sort of build on what they started doing last year, then they need to start a step up as well. But it's, I don't know. I don't want to get down on the defense, but so far, you know, we need to see something game three, three, because I think four generally all the starters will sit out, but game three, we kind of need to see the defense. Um, I think we look good up front. I think we look good at times um, in our linebacking core. I just think we need some more depth there, um, but the defensive backs, I kind of want to see a bit more. Uh, I'm not going to get down on it yet because for a lot of these, there's a lot of new additions back there, a lot of new faces, a lot of people learning. Mm. Um, a lot of guys that were either a rookie last year or rookie this year, um, and we're asking them to do a lot right away. So let's give it some time. But yeah, I mean, I think we'll see a certainly a different attitude. And of course, the more the, the better we can do up front. This has been one of our pre, uh, problems in previous year. We, we haven't really had any pass rush. Yeah. And that's kind of... Um, creamed the uh sort of the, the defensive backfield in that sense because the quarterbacks have had so much time to be able to pick their spots it's almost been impossible for them and, and then then they've looked exposed and they've looked bad so if we can improve that defensive line with the guys we got there now and we really do have some talent there then we can rush those quarterbacks and that defensive backfield position becomes a lot easier to play if the quarterback doesn't have the time to make his reads go through his progressions and pick you apart yeah, and I just I'd love to do an analysis, and we much must do it closer to the season. The teams that we're going to face that have like a rookie quarterback and an experienced quarterback, a, a shifting um, O line, because we did see that pressure being brought, especially against the rookie that came in a quarterback, his first pass in the NFL, albeit preseason, yeah, was a Tron right. Williams pick six, brilliant. But that was down to Kenny Clark getting the pressure up front. We saw Reggie Gilbert two and a half sacks, a strip sack, and he was bringing pressure off the edge. Uh, Oren Burks, I was impressed with him in the game as well. Um, you know, he was making some nice special he teams plays. And he's in, he's in one of those positions as well, like we said, that yeah. we need somebody to step up there and he's doing that at the moment. Yeah, it's 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 unbelievable. Some other sort of notes that I wrote down when I was watching the game. Um, Jimmy Graham. Uh, again, look, right, here's the new drinking game, right? So everyone has to agree to play it before the season. You have to take a shot of Jaeger, which is the UK Packers party uh, liquor of choice. Um, every time they mention that Jimmy Graham was a basketball player, right? So you're going to get suitably pissed off that. And then you have to, every time that Aaron Rodgers hits Jimmy Graham for a touchdown, every time someone says, oh, we're going to see that a lot this season, then you have to drink as well. And for everybody that plays it, we're going to give a free complimentary uh, NHS or whatever you have over there, ambulance outside your door because you will be absolutely scut-faced by the first quarter. Right, how many times, how mind-numbing is it? It's like, 
you know where they show squirrels on the pitch and maybe a fox or someone parachuting like you know they're, they're the times that they say to the comms guys right just talk rubbish just say anything and they're gonna go oh Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback in the league he's been doing it a while now he's an experienced guy and one of them is going to be Jimmy Graham is a basketball player and that him and Aaron Rodgers are gonna hook up for the rest of the season oh my dear Jesus yeah, I think we need to do some work there and create a graphic for the Jimmy Graham drinking game throughout the season. Things that the commentators were saying and the things that somebody in the bar <laughs> next to you will say. <laughs> yeah. uh, let's do it. Let's create that meme and get it out there and then tweet it at the yeah. start of every single game. But drink responsibly. Yeah. Just remember to drink responsibly. That's <laughs> exactly, right, right? yeah, which is the opposite of responsibly. Yeah. Um, so yeah, A-Rod gets hit on the on the first well, Yeah, I mean, I wanted to talk up. about A-Rod. I'm just going to cut you off right there because oh, there was a bit of a negative there. He only threw 35 yards Yeah, well, and he I'd... completed two passes. Yeah, two for four. That's only 50%. I think he's gone downhill. I think he's too old. Uh, I think he's going to get cut. He's on the roster bubble. I you reckon know, it's the, the Kaiser's team. Yeah, <laughs> Yeah. This. I mean, this new guy, the Shonay Kizer, seems to have thrown 149 yards. I mean, Rogers has got to be looking over his shoulder, right? The Shonay Kizer, yeah. And Brendan Huntley, I think he's going to do quite well. A man from County Offaly. Here, come here. So let's, let's, let's hit the quarterbacks, right? Kaiser had a really good showing, like fantastic showing. His quarterback rating was fantastic. Uh, Boyle, obviously, um, I think he's, you know, trained in camp fodder, unfortunately. So it all comes down to Hundley. And it, this goes to show the Packer mentality, and this is what I want your hot take here on, right? They stuck they stuck with Hudley stuck stuck they stacked with Hudley uh with the with the Wookiees, right? Loads of people are looking for Wookiee updates, by the way, since my last um yeah. you know, tongue tied I'm looking down the stat sheet now, I can't see any Wookiee stats, but no, zero Wookiee stats, right? Um so the the quarterbacks at present, Tim Boyle trying to camp fodder. So then we have Hundley and Kaiser. Last year they stuck with Hundley. Do you think that Kaiser can perform enough to get him his name on the team sheet and for Hundley to be to be gone bye bye I mean it's that because I have every faith in it to a degree because I've I've called out my fantasy teams the Kaiser Chiefs I thank you Um, but the real question is here is that you know do we stick with this Hundley experiment or do we go with the Sean Kaiser Um, how would you call it at this point and is this one of the battles that we're talking about do the Packers carry three quarterbacks or is that just madness Mm, if we did carry three uh, cornerbacks Hopefully we carry more than three quarterbacks. <laughs> um, if we if we carry three quarterbacks, then I believe um, Tim Boyle could be the third one. Now I only say that because I don't see um, whoever gets number two, right? Whoever gets the backup quarterback position, I don't see them keeping the other guy around, mm. right? And um, I can't remember what I was watching, but it was a highlights or, or or on Good Morning Football or something on NFL Network. There was somebody said that Kaiser, yes, he makes some fundamental mistakes at times. But in terms of his talent, there's almost no ceiling. He has the talent. He just makes like mental errors at times. Okay. Now, we know that McCarthy is fantastic at working with quarterbacks. Um, there's there's a chance here that we can bring him in and prove him. Um, there's, he's, he's working with one of the best. I mean, let's not, let's not ever forget the effect that Brett Favre, as much as he might not want it to teach Rodgers, but the effect that Brett Favre would have had on a young Aaron Rodgers. Mm. And now we have... Uh, and Aaron Rodgers, an experienced Aaron Rodgers, that's that's you know in there in the goat goat conversation, um, and you've got Kaiser coming in, still a relatively young quarterback, uh, and he'll be learning from him. And so, I kind of feel like at this point, look at who's got more upside. Who who would you honestly think that if if the unthinkable happens and we end up in a situation again like last year, who would you think gives you a better chance to win? in that situation, Kaiser or Hundley. Now, Hundley's kind of had his audition 
and it didn't go great. And so I think because of that, Kaiser will get the number two spot. Now, more than likely, what I think we'll have is Aaron Rodgers and Kaiser will be on the roster and Boyle will either be on the roster and not suit up or he'll be on the practice squad ready to be brought in should he ever be needed. Mm. Um, and I would see Brett Hundley being cut. But what do I know? Because I'm, uh, I'm more than 0.7 miles away. <laughs> I can't believe we got this far in without one of us saying it. I was actually going to say, Ryan, what the hell do you and I are more than 1.7? Um, yeah, it's it's a tough one, really. And see, there's so, there's so many questions. Mick, Mick McCarthy said on his press conference, right? <laughs> uh, Mike McCarthy said in his press conference that... Um, they sort of said he said that this is a really different third preseason game than sort of ever before, and they they asked him what do you mean by that, and he was like, well, there's you know there's so many balls in the air, you know, and we sort of mentioned that ad nauseum, new D coordinator, uh, new coaches, new titles for coaches, rewriting the playbook, uh, got serious competition, um, at backup quarterback, wide receivers is totally up in the air, Jay Kumaro is you know the, the whole stuff that goes along with that, but let me focus on kick returner. So Trevor Davis, we, we say that his value... Special teams talk. I've been we, waiting for this. We got it, right? This, me and you love this stuff, right? Yeah. Albeit we're not the experts because we live so far away, but you know, let's pretend for a sec. So special mm-hmm. teams, we saw some experimentation going on. So you know, there, there's talk about them putting Tremont Williams back there. There's there, He was asked, Ron Zook was asked about uh, Jerry Alexander. He says that he wants to experiment with him. Uh, we saw Ty Montgomery... Uh, do the um, fumble the ball on the return, which he was carrying the ball too far away from his body and all the rest. So it seems like if we had a legitimate returner that wasn't Trevor Davis, then you would le- you would realistically see the risk of Trevor Davis not making the roster. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I find that part really interesting. Do you see them going outside of Trevor Davis, or yes, you do. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. His name's Jake yeah. Kumara. Yeah. Yeah, obviously. Um, sorry, do you want to? Did you want to finish? Was there was there another option? No, I just I just don't know. I just see that as so unsettled at the minute. I mean, you know, to to be able to give. So what do you do? Come okay. week one, Trevor Davis is off the hamstring injury, and then they just pop him back there. I mean, surely it's something that yeah, needs yeah. consistent practice, and it doesn't seem like they're set there at all. The thing is, though, did did you? Let's look back at last season. I know that uh, Trevor Davis was doing a lot of work. He was sending um, DVDs and videos and things of him practicing and training, and he seemed to be really getting committed, recognizing that for a wide receiver further down the chart, if you can get further to the depth chart, if you can add some sort of contribution on special teams and do it well, then you, you've got a more shot of, of making it somebody that doesn't. And, and, mm-hmm. and, you know, whether it be for these receiver or whether it be as the return, um, there's a big chance to sort of make a name for yourself and then work your way up the depth chart in terms of, of the actual wide receiver spot. The thing for me, is one ever really brilliantly comfortable with Trevor Davis returning kicks. Now, we've seen some good stuff where he looks good, and then we've also seen a lot of stuff where he really doesn't look that convincing. Mm. Um, now, I know that every team's not possess a, a Devin Hester, right? I, you know, or a, or a Desmond Howard. You yeah. know, I get that. I think right now that the job must be completely open to anybody that can one catch a football uh, and two can run really quick avoiding multiple people that want to kill him um so generally if you can tick those boxes then surely you've got a shot at the job right yeah yeah so uh, this this is the thing for me and i think you're absolutely right in what you touched on with trevor davis one of the things i really really feel that he's in, in in sort of a bit of danger is there's a good chance he could lose that special team contribution then you have to start um, weighing him up solely on his wide receiver skill. 
So in terms of who's going to get the job, I don't know. Why not Kumara? He seems to be able to run really far, really fast, as he's shown with both his touchdowns so far. Um, so maybe that is an option. Maybe it is a cornerback. We've seen plenty in recent years of cornerbacks being back there and returning kicks. Yeah, because it is you all know? about the position on the field with special teams. You need to get up there. We saw what happened when you know our special team sucked. Mike McCarthy had to go and uh, commandeer that post. We had all the other, you know, experimentation on offensive coordinator um, just to try sort it out. And we saw that when you give Aaron Rodgers sort of any way favorable field position, then he's going to punish you between, you know, 12 men on the field, penalties and just his natural, obviously, majestic arm talent. So I think that it is important there. And if we have too many people spluttering and stuttering and, and fumbling the ball, you know, uh, that we had in, against the Steelers. We can't have that happen in the regular season. It's something that you need real game time experience because special teams, you know, they get limited reps, very limited reps and practice. And we've seen something else concerning, which I brought up, um, which was the punting. So it seems like that J.K. Scott does really, really well at practice. The hang time's ridiculous. The distances are ridiculous. But against the Steelers, 29 yards out of bounds, um, 35 yards out of bounds. 49 yards which was his longest but it ended in a touchback and then the only decent one that he had was a 46 yarder so you know he had four attempts uh you know to get this thing right to pin them back um to have that hang time but he didn't perform on the night and it just seems like that's the kind of trend that we've saw in the preseason with him is that he can turn it on at practice but doesn't particularly turn it on in the games now we're talking about preseason here so I don't know if there's any concern there, Ryan, and I don't know if you have because we always like our, you know, hot takes when it comes to special teams. But with the punting, that kind of concerns me that the kid has ridiculous potential. Now, maybe it's just a bit of nervousness, a bit of yips, you know, um, and hopefully it's nothing too serious. But again, not something that you yeah. kind of like to see this early, especially with that lack of pressure. But this is what we talked about, right? When the lights come on, can yeah. you do it? Yeah, and I wouldn't be too worried about it. At the end of the day, he's managed to get him inside the 20. That's generally where you want to doubt. Obviously, you want to get him inside the five. Not everyone can do that. Um but he's managing to get enough down there and in the right positions. Okay, he's going to have a couple of bad ones from now and again. Another thing to remember, um, you know, there is a new long snapper on the squad again. New. Yeah. That's a massive part of punting and field goal kicking um, because obviously the speed in which that, that ball is snapped at, the quicker it gets to the guy kicking, um, the quicker the kick can get off, the less chance there is of blocks and all the rest of it. Um, and and obviously the placement of that long snap, you know, it's it's not an easy skill to do um so there's there's a lot of new parts coming into play at the moment and uh, i think it's going to be an issue going forward at the end of the day what else is a long snapper um practicing and what else is a punter practicing probably not much so i imagine they've got plenty of days to work on that <laughs> um, uh, but that's it and i mean a lot of competition at long snapper as well um but you know you raise a good point because in that preseason game with the steelers we saw some really dodgy uh snaps i guess it makes sense and it makes a big difference to the rhythm yeah, you know, your yeah. rhythm. You want to take the ball out in front of you, drop the ball down, boot it, and it sounds very simple. But that is, you want the ball to be right there. Drop it. If you've got to start reaching right, left, up, down, mm. completely takes you out of your rhythm. And of course, the whole time you're out of your rhythm, those guys coming to get you are getting closer and closer. So let's wait for all the parts to work themselves out. I think by week one, everything will be fine. Always the optimist. Um, so I guess we finished with the Steelers not unless there's anything more you want to say and um, we're looking ahead now so there's a lot still in flux there's a lot still to happen and um, there's a lot of people to come back we saw good news in the sense that you know when we look at Nick Perry comes off the pup is going to be in pads is delighted that his name is called and that's really significant so we've good stuff happening there but we're looking ahead and um, what if anything because we we have a phrase on the podcast it means everything and 
nothing at all. So mm-hmm. what are you looking out for in that game? Um, you know, what are you expecting to see in this game? Yeah, I think you're right. Um, and what he said, obviously, the third preseason game does tend to be the one uh, where most of your stars are going to come out. They're going to play some meaningful stats. Um, and then tends to be, like, like I said earlier, the fourth game tends to be everyone just sits out. So what can we do at the positions that need answering? Defensive backs need to show more. Mm. Um, the depth players, uh, the guys that are not the starters on the linebacker positions need to show more. Um, wide receivers, you know, if there's guys there now and everybody's looking about the same, somebody's got to come out and do something special. And if it's Kumaro again, good luck keeping him out the 53, you know. Lots of people playing for something right now. Um, if we look at the other side of the ball, the running back battle is not clear. You know, people are going to say, oh, Timo starts, uh, he's, he gets the start job, but you've got Jamal Williams. Um, he's going to have something to say about it, although I think he's got an ankle injury at the minute, so whether whether yeah. he's good to go or not, I'm not sure. I haven't seen an update on that. Um, but certainly at running back, you know, there's plenty of people that want to, want to get there, um, much like the receivers, there's a lot, uh, a lot of um, competition. And so really now, people, and it's not that they're running out of time, but certainly for those guys that are on the cusp of the squad uh, and are further down the depth chart of positions, this week's the week they've got to start standing out, start making a name for themselves, otherwise it could be too late. Yeah, and you know what? I do get that sense of urgency this week, and I do feel like it's one of the... I don't know. It's it's the first time in a very long time where there's multiple positions that are actually in flux. You know, you look at the likes of wide receiver, running back, um, you know, long snapper even. Uh, you know, who are we going to have on returns? What happens at quarterback? Uh, you know, there's just some... Even even the cornerback in our secondary, you're kind of looking at who's going to be the standout performer. You're kind of more on edge now with injuries because an injury at this stage would completely change the face of your roster at a certain position. If we see any of these uh, wide receivers go down, well, then it's a totally different story. We're not talking about if Jay Kumaro gets a place on the roster, we're saying, does he start? You know, and it's amazing to see what's going to happen with all of this kind of stuff and who, what cornerback safety we're going to play in the slots. You know, how do we see Josh Jackson and Jair Alexander face off against each other? Do they play, who did they play inside? Who did they play um, on the outside receiver? You know, it, there's so many points to look at for this game. And it's it really is all on the line, as you say, for some of these players because they genuinely could get cut um, after this game. I think after this, we're nearly on the run-in then, aren't we, to who we're going to predict to make our 53-man roster. Um, and again, you know, the the fantasy drafts are coming in thick and fast so that, you know, injuries knock on against that as well. Um, it's exciting. I like the preseason. Are, are you enjoying the preseason at the minute? Do you enjoy the team being in flux? You know, Ryan, is that, is that part of the fun for you? Or are you more of a yeah. chap who likes to see the team being set, mature, and just rolling into like a potential Super Bowl winning um, season? I think, well, I think there's a lot to like in terms of the fact you get to see these guys, like the Jake Kumaros. You know, there's at least one of those guys comes out every year where you get yeah. to sort of get this feel good story. You know, when you look at the guys, uh, even in the defensive back guys, you know, the, the ones that did come and try and save the day last year when, when injuries hit us, like the Lindsay Pipkins. You know, like, like like Kentrell Bryce, for example, he wasn't at the top of the depth chart. He's certainly there now. So it's nice to see some of these names come out. Um, that's always fun in preseason. Yeah, I'd like there to be not quite so many questions right now. But I think if you look at any ball club, you know, really with the with the exception of maybe your star receiver or your star defensive lineman, um, your quarterback, probably everybody's a little bit, you know, all over the place in terms of who's going to do what. So it's interesting to see it going on, I want to get to week one, know who the team is. Yeah, just part of it. At the end of the day, this is a hell of a lot better a few months back when there was literally nothing happening. Yeah, it's um, I don't know, I, I don't know how to take it. You know, I don't know whether to be excited because the team is in flux, but um, I just don't want it to be Enjoy an excuse, it. I guess. Yeah, and for that's me, that's for the me, thing. Yeah, 
enjoy it. And, and I would say this, uh, this has the feeling of a Super Bowl year to me. Mm. Th- but I think I get that feeling every, <laughs> every preseason, year. Every, year. every year, yeah, since forever. Yeah. But if we win a Super Bowl, remember, I said it here tonight. <laughs> <laughs> it's that uh, Aaron Rodgers run the table comment. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, I'll, I'll say I'm yeah, yeah. and we can. I don't think it will sell any T-shirts, but uh, no, you know, talking of selling shirts, come wow, on, that was there. We go. Unbelievable, uh, Jeff. Yeah. So, uh, should we should we talk about our new baseball shirt that's coming out or baseball jersey? Baseball jersey, because but we did get asked that didn't we? We're going to release a new jersey. Now we're not we're not like a Premier League team where every year we try release a new jersey. Um, so we're going to no. stick with the one that we have for the minute, not unless we make some serious tweaks to it. But right now we do have a different type of jersey, a baseball jersey, which is just for funsies. You a fan yeah. of the baseball shirt, bro? I am, I am. And then it got me thinking, you know, one year maybe we could play a softball game against somebody or whatever, you know. But yeah. no, so we decided, look, the football jersey, we're happy with that. Still lots of people buying it. Uh, it's only been out a year, so we're not going to suddenly bring out another football jersey. That was crazy. Mm. Um, but we did start looking at, you know, what else can we do? There's two items coming, uh, one of which is already in the shops, which is the baseball jersey. And uh, I've ordered mine this week. Have you got yours yet? You better do. Oh, you better believe it. Yeah, good stuff. So we've sold, what, three or four already in the shop? Obviously, payday coming up this weekend, I think. Uh mm. So look, they're there. We've got the customizable options again. So you've got your obviously your surname and your member's number that you can put on. And for anybody listening going, but my member's number is 1,804, then your jersey number would be four. And in yeah. the top corner of the four would say 1,084. So that's how it works. We, we don't expect you to suddenly have four four numbers on a, you know, on a medium baseball top. It's never going to work. So that's how that works. Um, but on this one as well, you've also got the option of adding your flag of where you're from. Mm. So we've had people order things from Denmark, Hungary, France, Germany, the USA, Canada. And today we had a brand new flag. Mm. Oil of Man. Manx. Oil of Man. The Manx flag. Do you know what? As bad as it sounds, I don't even, and I'm pretty good with flags, but I don't think I know what the Manx flag looks like. A bunch of legs. It's loads of legs. Is it? Three legs. Is it just three legs in the middle the like yeah. a circular motion? Yeah. Yeah. It's not that sexy so unless you have a foot fetish. But it, you know what? And that's the thing is that people were scrambling for the membership numbers um, to try to get a good one and, and to specify what number means something to them. But the best thing is, is that whatever membership number that you have, as Ryan said, be it, you know, 864, you're never going to have 864 in any of your mem- customized membership memorabilia. It's always just going to be 64, the great Jerry Kramer. And you're going to have just 800 written um, in the six. So, you know, only up close will you be able to see that there's 864. So you effectively kind of reset at every hundred that you're on. So that's kind of cool. So if you're out there now listening, um, you know, and you have 804, well, then you're Mr. Brett Favre himself. You know, you're going to have that four uh, written on your jersey. So it's kind of cool. So the baseball shirt's brilliant. And um, we have another one. We have another one coming, which I'm really reluctant to release. And I have been reluctant to release. And there has been a bit of a delay on releasing it, I guess. Um, but we have the uh, yeah. ultimate. And we, we wore, me and Ryan all wore these when we went over to Green Bay, when we managed to get over there together. It's the black UK Packers press box polos. And I love <laughs> those we're things. Officially, we're officially calling it the press box polo. I like that. They are the press box polos. Now, we're kind of torn over this. I don't want to release them at all but ryan you do want to release them well the reason being we had a lot of people saying look i like that i want to buy it yeah. uh put it in the shop and so we did it's quite straightforward really 
And do you know they, what? It, they you, wanted it. But do you know what though? Is that like that was like our little thing. <laughs> that, I know, was our, I know. that was our little thing. It was yummy. And then what happened? Do you know what I think it is, right? I think it's because it was only ever two made in the whole world. Uh, me and you having one each, and then you destroyed yours on a ninety degree wash. I think that's the real. I have we look destroyed behind, a lot of my stuff. So after the Super Bowl party last year, obviously the uh, polo shirt, the uh, UK Packers jersey, my beanie, everything. Mm. It all went in the wash and somehow I put it on the wrong wash and it did a 90 degree hot wash and everything is a funny shape now. That's a, that's a stinger. They probably fit me. Mm. But <laughs> again, wear your stuff again with the polos, they are still only kind of like one of a kind because again, you can put your number on them. Yeah. Okay. No, that, so they're, they're, yeah. So it, 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 it's a fully, it's again, it's customizable item. Um, you know, let us know what you think. The, the, the polos should be on there soon. The baseball jerseys are on there now. Um, I don't know if, if if there's something out there you're thinking why don't you guys sell this then you know let us know and and we'll look into it and see what we can do. Yeah, we have the hat, so we we cater to two people. I rock both. I'm a kind of a hat guy, so we have the slouch beanie, um, which is savage. It kind of hangs down at the back. I so used to have that. Yeah, yeah. Ryan used to have it to cover up his big mop of hair. Lol. Um, so it it sort of hangs down the back a little bit. Then you have this, the the bobblehead. Uh, with a little bubble on top so they're they're rocking um then you have the the normal sort of famous membership tea itself it's gray property of um tea all of these come with your membership number on it and some of them especially the jersey if the official jersey mm-hmm. is savage it has the game day sleeves which i'm a fan of um which sort of ride up a little bit to show off the guns and then they have your membership number on on the inside as well as on the back with your surname or whatever sure. you want to get on the back um so it's great now press box polos they're coming but if I have my way, they're going to be on a limited run and then that's it. We're, we're removing them from the oak. I'm going to get onto the website and delete them off. Um, they're, they're, they're already on general sale. It's already ticked on the site. It's set up just waiting for it to turn up. Yeah. Right. We can, we can just, just <laughs> discuss it later. They're cool. Yeah, let's, let's talk about after the pod. But yeah, no, look, the, the press box polos are fantastic. They're appropriate for anybody who rocks the polo. Um, I wear mine to work. I'm uh, which, golfing them. Yeah, I do. I went to, yeah, I didn't go the last time, so at least I can't blame the shirt for being the reason why I had such a sucky round. Um, but just, just an f- absolutely fantastic bit of kit. But uh, we've more stuff to make. We've so much going on now. Uh, so we've not got the 1919 shop, which has signed merch, so you can go on there and just buy it, right? It's kind of like the eBay buy it now. But the 1919 club also, Ryan, um, you know, those tickets are flying out the door. We're nearly ready to do the draw. How many slots do we have left and what are we giving away? We have roughly 15 slots left, I think. There's been a couple bought uh, just before we came on uh, to record the show. So I think we've got 15-ish left. Um, you've got a winner's choice at first place. So you get the choice of three footballs, uh, which I believe are Jackson, Cook and Ryan. Uh, choose becomes A second prize is a Don Majkowski uh, signed 8x10. And the third prize is a Demarius Randall 8x10. Um, yeah. So... All come with COAs, obviously. Uh, but yeah, the winner's choice, which we haven't done before. That's the first one. So we're going to get this one done. There's uh, just 40 tickets sold on this draw, which means you've got quite a nice chance yeah, um, of, of getting involved in, in, in the money shots. So yeah, get on there. Get it done. Um, the other thing we're doing at the moment uh, is the NFL fantasy. Uh, so I think we've got three leagues set up so far. I think they have all filled. Yeah. Um, so we probably need to set up another one. But what we've also got, and this is what I'm actually, I actually prefer this this year, I think. We've got the weekly Pick'em League, um, which, again, somebody signed up since we've been recording the show. Um, so 
what we do with that is different to the fantasy league. Fantasy league, we do 16 team leagues. And then the problem with that is you end up with three, four different leagues and everyone in different leagues and, and so on and so on. With the weekly pick em, it's everybody that enters in one pot, in one league. Um, and then what we're doing is pay £5 to enter it. Um, send us that via uh, PayPal to info at ukpackers.co.uk. And then um, we'll enter you in. We'll send you an invite into the league. All you do every week, so anyone that goes, yeah, yeah, I kind of, I've always fancied this fantasy thing, but it gets a bit much. And I kind of get bored of it after a few weeks, especially when my starting quarterback gets injured. Um, this is every single week. All you do is you pick people to win. So it'll be um, the Bears will lose because they lose. The Browns lose. Um, the Colts to beat the Patriots. Packers to beat the Vikings. So on, so on. You do that every week. You just pick your winners. You go through. It takes you all of about two minutes to do. Um, and then you get points for the more and more you get correct. By the end of the year, whoever's top, because it's paid entry, we'll be doing um, prizes at the end of the season. Now, we haven't announced prizes yet solely because we're waiting to see what the pot of money is. So we can obviously the the, the pot of money will be put straight into the prizes. Yeah. Um, so obviously, the more people that enter, the bigger the prizes, that sort of thing, or the more the prizes. So we'll wait and see how that ends up. Yeah. And me and you are in the weekly pick em, So if people want to compete against us, they can each week. And as unlikely as it is, if I win it, and I probably guess if you win it, um, what I'll do is I'm not going to take, you know, the prizes around like that. What I'll do is we can do a raffle and we'll just raffle off the prize to, to somebody else. Or we can pick the person who came second or whatever, um, which is probably mm -hmm. me first and you second. So maybe we pick the, the person who comes third. Um, but uh, yeah, we'll see how that goes. It's my first year playing Weekly Pick'em as well. And I prefer that because when, you know, we do our media stuff on, on the radio and all the rest. Um, they always ask, you know, who's going to win and we have to play the spread and handicaps and all the rest of it. Um, but another another thing that we need to go through is, is that we did a competition. It was a simple uh, retweet to win and share on Facebook to win. Um, and we had a massive uptake of that and we have a winner to announce. Go on and do it. I would do some sort of drum roll. Yeah. But I can't. <laughs> Fair enough. Because I don't have a drum. Yeah or a role so put, i did put in a request in on the uk packers capex last year but it was rejected so it's your fault yeah well look i mean we've got to look at our finances we're giving away free t-shirts for god's sake we don't have enough money for a snare drum and some drumsticks and um, the ones with the plastic tips um so the, the, the winner is the winner is at joe t Connolly. so uh joe uh we will be dming you actually you know what we might do we might let it breathe for a day and see if he contacts us and then we'll contact him because it's always nice to hear your name on a podcast and then wonder why you haven't been hit up with a yeah, message yeah sure and then we'll find out if he doesn't listen to the podcast and then we can rescind the prize yeah <laughs> can you well do like that? That? yeah yeah let's do it um so if he doesn't get you know what the time is ticking joe you've got 24 hours from the time you listen to this podcast which better be tonight or tomorrow morning so yeah. we're giving joe till uh you know what joe you have to wednesday lunchtime if you don't yeah. um we'll see who tips him off yeah somebody else who listens to the pod tonight and they'll be like joe quick tweet the show <laughs> right whoever whoever tips them off gets blocked <laughs> no we, well, we can't do that we can't do that we can't mm. do that do you know where this guy lives, by the way? Because obviously we've got to also pay out for postage. So if you've picked a guy over in the States, you'll have to pay for it. I haven't a rashers, but there is a, a 0 0.7 mile radius to Lambo exemption. Okay. So you have yep. to live within that. So if he doesn't live within that, he doesn't know enough about the Packers to get a T-shirt to begin with. So. <laughs> Poor Joe getting pulled in on it. He's probably no idea what's going on on no. Twitter this week. He's like, well, right. he's starting to move house as we as we speak. But I think that nearly wraps it up for today. For this it does. Week. I wanted to ask you though, did you uh, receive your post this week? Oh, by the way, fantastic! And did you get the present? Are I you think... going to tell the guys of the famous eighty? 
Yeah, of course. It's well, they're gonna know because it's it's the most prolific and the most the person who uh, well known. Well, let's just say. History. Yeah, well, it had the most potential anyway. Uh, Justin Perilla, sign pick. So yep. I, th- I thank you for that. Um, I actually do genuinely <laughs> like the guy. You know what I mean? I was sort of taking like oh, hot man. take. Just, just get rid of Kumar and get in Perilla back again. I mean, if you want experience. That's it. So I was doing some shopping. And I just saw it set there. And I was like, uh, yeah, I, I, no disrespect to the guy, but uh, I don't take really that have it. a place on the wall for a Justin <laughs> Perillo picture. But uh, I know right. a guy who does. And for two dollars, that's going in my basket. Whoa, whoa. I'm joking. Three. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, unbelievable, Jeff. Oh, so, great yeah, stuff. That's it. Well, there you go. Um, so, look, I'm hoping that you struggle through the analysis uh, for these people who live just so far away from Green Bay to be able to give you any type of meaningful coverage. And thanks for really just grinding and sticking with us. I've been at NFL on Twitter. Follow the group at UK Packers on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook. Get into that closed group on Facebook. It's going to be heating up um, with stuff now closer to the season. We're going on our tour, which is now yeah, unfortunately has closed, not unless you're a millionaire and you want to kind of, um, you know, I don't know. I, but you know what? I reckon now if you contact Ben, as closed as it is, you might still get a place. There is a guy still waiting um, to book. So you might be able to secure yourself a place. Um, I'm pretty sure if there's a, if you want to get on it, I'm sure somehow they'll make it work. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's what we've had lads book before where, you know, it's been right, that's it, we're done. I guess we've just don't really promote it now because it's, you know, what what the numbers are in the books um mm-hmm. for for people going and tours and all the rest of that kind of lark but yeah look if you want to go and you you have some cash last minute or if some plans have opened up by all means contact ben at touchdown trips and he'll sort you out um yeah get onto the instagram account at uk packers from me old buddy me old pal it's at ryan peacock nfl it's goodbye till next week have a wonderful tuesday